The message tonight is called, Pardon Me for the Interruption. You know, have you ever said, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt? Or sometimes you say, excuse me, I'm interrupting. Pardon me. Well, you know, when we look at, you know, all of the incredible themes that, uh, that God uh, just walks out, you know, that, that God is responsible for in, in the birth of Jesus, there is a theme of divine interruption that is very, very clear. You know, and I, I've even, you know, shared messages in previous years that talk about Mary and the, the uh, massive interruption to her life and her and Joseph, and I'll talk about that a little bit tonight. But, you know, th- there's actually a lot of interruption that happens in many different lives as God's plan of the ages, God's plan of salvation unfolds when Jesus takes on flesh, becomes a baby, y- you know, and uh, lives on this earth. And you know, it's, it, there's a spiritual principle that it does as well to understand that God isn't going to come along and say, pardon me for the interruption. God's going to come along and God's going to bring interruptions. And my prayer tonight is that we would be sensitive to them, that we would understand them, and that we would embrace them. And, and so we're just going to look at that from uh, a couple of different angles. In Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2, uh, the Christmas story, like I said, is filled with different interruptions. And, and by the way, the definition of the word interruption is to stop or hinder by breaking in, to cause a brief, uh, to cause a break or discontinuance to interfere with action or speech. So that's an interruption. So we'll, we'll say here tonight for our understanding, a divine interruption is God interrupting our normal everyday course of life. And so uh, I'll make some reference to some of the Christmas stories and in other spots, I'll actually uh, have us go through and, and read excerpts. But let's look at some of these many Christmas interruptions that I just mentioned. First, uh, we have uh, Zechariah, right? Uh, This is the father of John the Baptist, right? Uh, And he is uh, ministering in the temple. Uh, He's married to Elizabeth. She's been barren, unable to have children. And he's a priest going about his business in the temple, going through the motions. Uh, Maybe we, we could even say without much emotion. I mean, there might be a case for, you know, as we read the story there that, you know, maybe he's not all that engaged. And then God brings a divine interruption while he's in the sanctuary. Angel, uh, the angel Gabriel shows up. (laughs) Zachariah, his mind's kind of blown by this whole thing. And the angel shares the promise from God that they're going to have a son and his name is to be John. And Zachariah so embraces the interruption, uh, um, being facetious. I mean, he hardly believes it to the point where uh, the response, you know, from heaven is, okay, well, you won't be able to talk until after this, this child is born. In other words, you, you know, you got some unbelief in your heart, I'm not going to let you spout it out or, or, or be able to speak it out. I'm going to shut you up until my plan is accomplished. So say, so, hey, that's Zechariah right off the bat. And then uh, we look at Joseph, and we, we can see that would be in Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Uh, Mary comes up pregnant, you know, uh, Joseph and is betrothed, you know, she's betrothed to him. And, you know, she shows up pregnant and he's thinking, all right, well, you know, I'll just quietly, you know, divorce her, you know, separate from this whole situation and just, you know, get on with my life. But the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, uh, this is the angel that, that speaks, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus 
for he will save his people from their sins. So here we have Zacharias, then we have Joseph. Now we'll go over to Mary, and now I'll actually read a little more. This is Luke chapter 1. In verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. How many know that's some good news when an angel shows up to tell you you have found favor with God? You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, uh, because she had been to sixth grade health, You know, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived the son and is now in her sixth month uh, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. The angel didn't need to silence her uh, until all of this happened. A little bit different of response than Zechariah, right? You know, so interesting. Zechariah questions like, what? This is impossible. Mary questions saying, I've been pure. I'm, I'm a virgin. I, I know how this works. What, God, how can this happen? And, and, and then, you know, he proceeds to say, there's going to be a miraculous thing that happens to you. And she says, Lord, let it be as you say. Totally different attitude. Then we go to the shepherds in Luke uh, chapter 2, and we can pick up at verse 8. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. So, wow, we have all these different divine interruptions that are, that are going on here on this, this first Christmas. And then we'll look at one more, the, the wise men, right? In Matthew 2, uh, they follow a star in the east. 
They had a divine interruption. I mean, they, they literally packed up from a faraway land. You know, the, this caravan, you know, of these wise men and their treasures and all their entourage, uh, you, you know, to show up and to worship the king. And it's interesting, when we read in the story, it doesn't say that the wise men showed up in the manger. It says when they arrived at the house, right? And Pastor Walt has reminded us this over the years. It doesn't say there was three wise men either. You know, there was three gifts, and Hallmark, I think, is put, maybe put that together for us, that there was uh, the three wise men. But this is this entourage of people, and, um, you, you know, he's not a newborn at this time. So you talk about a divine interruption that, that was a, a couple of years of occupying their life, you know, uh, of the Lord working this through. So again, interruption, uh, the definition to stop or to hinder by breaking in to cause a break or discontinuance or to interfere, interfere with action or speech. You know, and there are things that God will in our walk with Him, in our discipleship, that it'll be line upon line, precept upon precept, just like it says in the Word. There'll be a path that's unfolded that we're to walk out, be stewards, be faithful. But there will be these times where God uh, interrupts you know, and if, if we're aware of that being one of the ways that God is going to work in our lives, and if we have the right response to it, you know, then, then, then we're going to be walking out God's plan, God's purposes in a much greater way. We won't delay the things of God because we've shut it out because it's an interruption. So, um, you know, sometimes things get overcrowded for me in life, but in general, I'm a planner. You know, I like to plan things out. I like to uh, check off the different parts of the plan as they happen. You know, I, I, was, I, I see a lot of analogies uh, through football. Uh, I'm a football fan. I, I'm not like a fanatic, but, but I do enjoy football. And for some reason, there's a lot of things where I, I can just make connections. And, you know, it, you know, it occurred to me along these lines, you, you know, the, the very best football team, and I, you could probably say this for baseball, for hockey, for basketball, the very best teams, they will practice and they will plan ahead of time. And they will go into their game with a plan all laid out, down to the T, right? But the minute the first second of that game starts, life happens. And it's not very long until the game, uh, that, that, that game plan becomes more of a guideline and actually becomes something that they have to deviate from and move away from. You know, so the practicing and the training can you see the, the analogy, the parallel for us in life, you know? Okay, well, I think God has said this, and I'm doing this this way, and this is what the walk looks like, but then, the, then life will happen. And sometimes in that moment, it's God's divine interruption, uh, and, and God wants us to be able to say, all right, I need to not fall in love with the plan. I need to have my eyes on the Lord and walk it out however He wants. So I'm preaching to me there. I don't know if there's anybody else that can relate, but I just, I've been hearing that as of late. Don't fall in love with the plan. You know, and planning is important. Don't misunderstand. We need to plan and we, we need to get, you know, seek God as we are planning. But just the nature of the whole thing is He's going to have these, these moments of interruption. And He wants us to be waiting on Him. He wants us to live close to Him, right? So these are uh, some seven characteristics that we're going to look at tonight of divine interruptions. Uh, so uh, first of all, divine interruptions, they are an intervention. We did see that in the definition. So it's, it's 
intervening, God intervening into our lives, uh, either in our life or somebody else's, it breaks the normal flow, and doesn't it, doesn't it get our attention when there's an interruption? Right? There's just something about it that maybe shakes us out of the rut, shakes us out of uh, the routine. What is an intervention, an action taken to intentionally become involved in a situation, usually a difficult situation, in order to improve it or prevent it from getting worse? Aren't you glad when God intervenes, right? When, when we got saved, that was God intervening in our lives. And again, Zechariah, uh, he, he's going to finally have a baby. Mary is going to be the means through which the Savior of the entire world uh, is, is going to come into being on the earth, is going to be born. You know, uh, inter- interventions will slow us down, allow us to hear direction for new ideas, allow us to see a person in need, maybe even to save someone's life. It's really interesting, in, in a growth group on Monday night, uh, one of, our, uh, one of the, the folks in the group had shared a bit of a testimony um, that actually applies really nicely to what we're talking about here tonight. And it, they, they, were, they were talking about it in the context of, you know, giving God your dreams and putting your dream on the altar, um, you know, from what we were talking about a couple of Sundays ago. Um, but th- they were talking about here uh, in, in this situation that they very, very clearly heard God say that they were to step out of their job post and they were to do it immediately. You know, and so they checked in with their spouse and, you know, they were just in agreement this was God. And, uh, you, you know, it was a little bit contrary to the plan that they had laid out. But uh, just one of the things that God did in that situation by, by this person being obedient right away to God, they were about to make cuts in that, that department, in that area, and they were going to have to let somebody else go. But as this person obeyed God and stepped out of this place, it actually saved that person's job. You know, so, so, so interesting how, you know, God's ways are so above our ways, you know. Uh, sometimes God's intervention, it's that we'll, we'll see a need. Sometimes we won't even see the need, but it's God working in someone else's life through something that he's calling us to. I, I just thought that was so interesting. So when an interruption happens, we don't want to get mad or frustrated. We want to look for God's plan, God's intentional plan in the intervention. Can you say amen? So when the interruption, oh, okay, so this is an intervention. Lord, what are you up to here? You know, if we're truly God's kids, nothing's happening without him seeing it. So we can stop and say, all right, Lord, what's your agenda in this particular situation? Second characteristic, divine interruptions can cause intimidation. You know, again, when we, I don't know how it is for you, but when you get away from the plan, it can be, you know, a little bit of, okay, we're going into the unknown, going outside what's comfortable, going outside the comfort zone. So, uh, Zachariah, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, they all had divine interruptions, and they all had a response of fear. You know, and each, you know, the angel was like, you know, relax, you know, don't be afraid, you know, this, this is, you know, good, good news, good things are coming, that's why I'm here. Um, and hey, what are we guilty of if the boss says, um, hey, I need you to come see me, right? How many of us, probably, maybe not all of us, but probably the majority, the first response is, "Uh uh-oh, what I do, you know? I remember one time going down to the principal's office as a kid, and they they wanted to ask me, like, hey, doesn't your father work in this? You know, it was as simple as that. I was choking back tears, like, you know, I don't know what I did, but it must have been bad. 
dad, because I'm going to the principal, right? You know, so oftentimes we can have the reaction that's, that's like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble, you know? But once we get past the fear, then we can become a little bit intimidated that, you know, hey, has God chosen the, the wrong person? You know, ha- have you ever had God give you a, a challenge, give you a commission, give you a little bit of a picture of something that he's called you to do. And you've said, Lord, that, that's a little bigger than me. That's a little, little bigger job description than, you know, Lord, I know me, and I know you know me, and this is a little bit bigger than me. You know, we can get intimidated by it, you know, and isn't, you know, Mary, right? She's looking saying, Lord, this is crazy. Uh, how can this happen? Um, Again, back to Zechariah, same kind of thing. Moving outside of the Christmas story, Moses is trying to talk God out of the commission, you know, that he's given at the burning bush, right? Lord, pick somebody else. I can't do this. I, I stutter. He's just giving him all these, all these excuses. Gideon, you know, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. You know, so just very, very human response to when God is bringing divine interruptions, and these interruptions are always to have something better happen either in us or through us, right? 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 28 says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. Isn't that good news? And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. Isn't that so beautiful how how God will so oftentimes do that? So, hey, if we're ever feeling like, Lord, I'm not enough or I don't quite have what's needed, hey, we're in great company and, and we're just, we're in a prime position for God to say, yeah, that's how I like it. You know, because I want to take the wisdom of the world and I want to kick it on its back and show the world God's wisdom. So if we listen in these interruptions, the Holy Spirit will actually be affirming and encouraging, right? Isn't that why the enemy wants us to be fearful and why the enemy wants us to be intimidated? Because God's got good news in the moment. Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. Mary, you have found favor with God. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. These are all really good news moments, right? All right, a third divine interruption characteristic, it often feels like an intrusion. You know, do I really have time for this? Zachariah, I'm in the middle of work, you know, uh, you, you know, j- just a little bit bothered, not believing in any way, uh, but the interruption was to answer the prayer that him and his wife had prayed for, for a child. So, hey, let's, let's know that sometimes the interruption is God wanting to answer our prayers. You know, Mary, you know, could have been, Lord, I'm a little busy planning a wedding, you know, uh, excuse me, do you have any idea what this is going to do to my reputation? You know, how is this going to hold up with people when I say, oh, well, this was God's doing? You know, what in the world are people going to think about me? But instead, her choice and her decision, again, it would impact. I mean, think about it. Like, you talk about the, the she's, she's this, this very young woman. Her choice and decision would impact every human being born on planet Earth. All on the decision to say, yes, Lord, do as, as you would say, you, you know, as, as you said. 
Um, Mark chapter 5, we we read the story of Jairus and his daughter that is sick on the verge of death. And he says, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so she can live. And Jesus goes to minister to his daughter. Um, This was an interruption. But this was one where, you you know, he recognized that this was something, you know, didn't Jesus say everything I do, it's either what I hear the Father saying or what I see the Father doing? You know, Jesus is the eternally existent Son of God, the second member of the Trinity, but he walked, he modeled on earth for those three years, listening to the voice of the Spirit, being obedient to the Father, right? So Jesus goes to minister to the daughter, and then the the crowds are, uh, uh, the throngs of people are all around him, and then another divine interruption. Uh, A woman who had been bleeding for 12 years touches the hem of his garment. For she had said, if I could just get in that crowd and grab the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And Jesus looks around, says, time out, interruption here, who touched me? And he didn't view this as an intrusion, but he viewed it as an opportunity. This, this divine interruption is captured in the Word of God, and now believers through, all throughout history are able to see this powerful lesson of, look what happened to this woman who just dared to believe right, in this situation. All right, another uh, uh, characteristic of divine interruptions, uh, again, just to spell it out, they have intentionality. So what feels like haphazard in God's hands, it is always intentional. Amen? You know, so these are all different things that as we get our our hearts and our minds around these things, may we be a little quicker uh, to be soft to those divine interruption moments. Amen? I mean, oh, there's so much crowding in for our our attention in our lives. Um, There is a divine purpose and a divine plan. There is a mission that God wants fulfilled. You know, Paul, beaten, thrown in prison. what is God's plan in the midst of this? I mean, this is, this is even something, you know, the enemy, I'm sure his plan was to steal, rob, you know, kill and destroy for Paul to be discouraged, right? Um, but God's plan was that the guard and his family could be saved. How cool, right? So God's not, God's not a meanie. God's not, he doesn't get joy in our pain, right? But God wants us to realize that His work in our lives is so above whatever pain we might go through. We're, we're going to get through the other side of the pain, and He'll heal the pain. And the enemy wants it to be that in the pain and all of that, we're, we're shipwrecked, we're brought down. But God is saying, no, I always have something redemptive that I will do, even on the other side of what looks like the enemy's best shot at somebody, right? Amen. Joseph sold into slavery, went to prison. Uh, divine interruption uh, had intention to position him to save all of Israel from famine. Your current challenge or difficulty may just be an assignment that you're on. It might be a mission to fulfill. So take courage in that. Amen? God's going to bring you through the other side for whoever needs to hear that. David uh, would have never been at the battle with Goliath if his father had not asked him to DoorDash to Grubhub some uh, lunch for his brothers. Just trying to put a little modern translation in there for us, right? That's basically what happened. Hey, here it is. You know, go over and, and bring some lunch to your brothers. 
And here it is, you know, uh, you know, what could seem like an interruption from what he was doing, but God had a plan. God had a mission. There was intentionality in what was going on there. I mean, and how huge is that? That he would become a hero in Israel and, and, and slay the Philistine that had the whole of Israel, Israel's armies shaking in their boots. So Romans 8.28 is, is uh, great at this point here in what we're talking about. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Right? He makes it all ultimately work together uh, for good. Uh, okay, a fifth characteristic, just keeping an eye here on the time. We're doing really good on the time. Uh, divine interruptions come with instructions. Is anybody in here like me where more times than you would want to admit, you don't read the instructions? I mean, more times than I could admit, I mean, unless I physically can't do anything with the parts in front of me, I'll start without the instructions. And you'd think I'd learn after many, many years of like putting the desk together and I have the thing on totally backward, you know, and now I got to put it, you know, strip it down apart and all of that. But, but what's the whole point here is when the interruption comes for us to really pause, like I said, to listen, to, to acknowledge, so Lord, what are you up to here? What is it that you're saying? What is it that you're instructing me in this moment? So we want to look for those instructions. Lord, what's the next steps? You know, Zechariah, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now. My wife is also well along in years. You know, again, back to Mary, right? We had read, well, how can this be? I'm a virgin. Luke 1, 35 to 37, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. We read that before, just, just reading it again here. Notice how there's instruction in each spot where God is bringing uh, an interruption. So we always wanna listen for whatever God is saying. That instruction might be, well, here's what God's word says, and, and boy, that makes it clear what I'm to do in this circumstance. Sometimes it'll be Holy Spirit just speaking quietly, giving us an unction. Sometimes it's just words on the inside, right? How many know what I'm talking about? The Lord just, just gives you, sometimes it's just, man, I feel led that I'm supposed to do this. In, in whatever way, God wants to give instructions in those interruption times. Uh, Number six out of seven here, divine interruptions cause illumination. They help us see what we were about to miss, to see what we didn't see in ourselves, in the situation. Uh, I love this. This is a a quote that I heard from another pastor. What we see as a setback, God views as a setup for a comeback. Isn't that good? right? What we see as a setback, God views as a setup for a comeback. When we see it totally differently and understand God's got a very different picture, you know, no room in the inn, you know, that looks like a problem, like a setback. In actuality, it was divine interruption so that these shepherds, you know, who were were among the lowest social position, you know, on the social ladder in their culture, considered the lowest working class. They were thoroughly despised. Did God move Jesus to a manger so shepherds would be welcomed? Did God move it to a situation where the king of the universe, that the message right on the front end when he's born is 
to let the, what does it say in the Bible about the, the, the earthly wisdom, right? That it's carnal, that it's demonic, right? So from the very best intended earthly wisdom would want to look at the king of, of, of all majesty and say, shepherds, you're not welcomed here. So God just ensures by having the, the, the king of all kings born in a stable so that these shepherds would be welcomed. I mean, just, just breathtaking, isn't it, what God has done? God wanted the shepherds of the sheep to be the first to come and worship the lamb born without spot or blemish. God knows how to do it, huh? And then uh, our seventh characteristic that we'll look at here tonight, divine interruptions require, um, require initiation. God always requires us to do our part. Notice in each of these situations, even the ones outside of the Christmas story, there, there was a response that had to be done by each individual. So again, initiation, that's the action of beginning something, the establishment or starting point of an activity. So Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. Isaiah 6 verse 8 Then I heard the Lord asking, who should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. There's initiation uh, in in each of these situations. So when we see divine interruption, we have all these different characteristics, but this last one really important, when we have instruction, when we have understanding and discernment, there's some kind of action that we're gonna need to step into. So, so, so with that as an understanding, let's now kind of the, the last little part of the, the message here tonight, just look at, so how can we prepare for divine interruptions? You know, I was thinking about this over Thanksgiving, uh, you, you know, the Thanksgiving couple of days there, you know, Black Friday and everything, I heard something, some kind of estimate that, you know, millions more people, millions more people were going to be out Black Friday shopping this year than in previous years. You know, uh, I noticed my December calendar, and December is usually not like this. My December calendar filled, filled before I ever got to December. I looked down on it. I was like, that, that got full quick. I better watch. I better be careful that it doesn't get overcrowded, that I don't, I don't let too much get into it, you know? What I'm saying is, you know, we, we, we've had such extremes during this last couple of years, haven't we? You know, we've had, you know, forced lockdown, you know, in our homes and, and you know, uh, forced, you're, you won't be doing this that you used to do. You won't be doing that that you normally do. And now, now we're in, um, you know, certain pockets of time just really seem to accelerate a rush of people stepping into things, if nothing else, just because they're itching to get at it. They haven't done it in a while, right? Amen? You know, uh, what I'm saying with all of this is I think we're, we're stepping into a, a very, a very um, uh, potentially chaotic, maybe chaotic is too strong of a word, hurried season, extra hurried season. I noticed driving down the road today, actually, I, I, it was uh, all the way down Route 70 for maybe about 10 miles today. I, the, the amount of horn honking that I heard on Route 70 matched times I remember visiting Manhattan. I, and, and I'm not exaggerating. I was like, 
people are, are tightly wound, you know, and I was with my daughter at one spot, and she said, look how close, you know, because she's just about uh, ready to, for, for driver's license, you know. She's saying, look how close that guy is to that person. You know, she's noticing things like this now. To that guy in front of him, and I said, I know, if that guy has to jam on his brakes, like, it, talk about an interruption, but not a divine interruption, right, you know. So I'm saying all of this that uh, there's more pulling on us, more scrambling, more stuff hurrying and flurrying around us uh, that we don't want to miss the divine interruption. And you know, actually, it didn't occur to me to connect the dots on this, but I'm just so feeling in my heart. Um, Last week when we had that Thanksgiving service, man, it was the polar opposite of, of hurried and running crazy. You know, it's just just a sweet hour or so of just waiting on God, praying, sharing some thoughts, worshiping together, and um, in in the the that time there of just waiting on God, I just got this um, just this word in my heart that God is really interested in taking us as His body. In, uh, into new places with Him. It was new paths. Was what I was was hearing, and new depths new depths with him. And you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting like dots connected now, like as far as, um, you know, word in season and word out of season, that this is a word in season for now for us. As we look to go deeper with God, it's not something we're going to map out and plan out. There will be moments that we have to be sensitive to where God comes and brings divine interruption to our lives. And oh God, may I be not dense to recognize when he's doing that. So I can stop and say, wait a minute, you know, Lord, you're, you're, this is a moment you're calling me to, you're calling us to, you know. Uh, I just, I think that's something just for us to, as we leave tonight and we look at, well, what should we take away out of this evening to look for God in the, into the, in the interruption and to be expecting him to bring interruption because there's sweet things that he wants to do in our lives in this particular season of time. He always wants to work in our lives, but there's, there's something seasonal that God's, God's wanting to do. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. So how do we prepare for divine interruptions? Well, I just leaned into this first one, expect them to happen. You know, that's part of, you know, what I was hoping we would accomplish tonight, that we would recognize, hey, that's going to be a part of walking with God. You know, there's going to be, you know, we we should be expecting these things. Um, So what, what can we do? We can begin our day by surrendering to God and expecting to be used of the Lord. You know, just beginning our day, just saying, Lord, I'm expecting that you're going to be at work in my life. And I'll look for those times that maybe in the natural feel like a hassle or an inconvenience. I'm going to be looking for, is this you bringing a divine interruption? And then at the end of the day, uh, you you know, be looking back on the day um, and, and, and reflecting on it, but then releasing control of our day into God's hands. This is so neat. This is a quote from Albert Einstein. He said, there's two ways to live life. One, there are no miracles, or two, everything is a miracle. Isn't that such a great attitude of expectancy as we're, we're, you know, getting out each day? Then again, number two, view them as an opportunity, not as an obstacle. So again, that's just expect divine interruptions, see them as opportunities. Uh, Then number three, take time to reflect as events unfold. Rarely do we realize the significance of our divine interruptions in real time. 
Sometimes it's not until afterward. I, I know for me, sometimes I'm like, oh, God, that was you. Oh. And I'm really glad when I took the time for it, and then I really kicked myself when I didn't take the time for it. Oh, Lord, that was you, and I was too busy. Ah, sorry, Lord, forgive me. So uh, Luke 2.19, but Mary, I I love what this says about Mary, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. You know, when we look for God on the landscape of our lives, we're going to start noticing his work in much greater ways. You know, and just to be, you know, again, reflecting, pondering, like I I said a, a minute ago, at the end of each day. So what was God doing today? That's a great thing to ask ourselves, even when our head is hitting the pillow. So, Lord, what were you doing today? What were you at work doing? And and in all of my coming and going, you know, uh, where were you involved? What were you trying to get done? And then let's, let's take a word from Albert Einstein and believe in the possibility that God is sending miracles our way, maybe using us to be his miracle to somebody else in some way. All right, and then the fourth, these are just simple steps, aren't they? The fourth one is respond with faith and not fear. You know, I can think back to a moment, um, uh, uh, Rose, she's not, uh, she's actually uh, serving, ministering at another church now. Um, God commissioned her, called her out, but she shared a story that, that has stayed with me. She was, I believe she was at Walmart, and she did similar to what we were talking about. Lord, use me today, you know, and... Um, she began to discern that God was telling her there was a woman with her father and that she was to go over to the father and to say, the Lord wants you to know he hears you, you know, and what immediately happens in this moment? I'm going to walk up to a stranger. The devil starts whispering. I'm going to look like a nut. You know, this is going to, what is this going to be like? Is it, you know, and then, but, but, you know, the Lord won, you know, she wrestled with the fear and everything. And she walked over and, and, and just basically explained, Hey, listen, I'm a Christian. I pray. And I, I really believe God gave me a word for, you know, talking to the father for you. And, uh, she said, here's the word. And, um, and they both, you know, like, uh, she could tell something had happened. There was something that landed and resonated, and, and the daughter proceeded to share. Now, I don't remember the detail, whether it was an accident or surgery or something, but, and I don't know if it was temporary or not, but he couldn't talk. And so he would literally write out prayers and things, and, and he just had this, this um, he, he was getting so full of despair. God is nowhere. God doesn't see me. God can't hear me because I can't even talk. You know, and these were things that got expressed to the daughter, and now the daughter is sharing back to Rose, saying, God just hand-delivered through a stranger a miracle to, to my dad's heart to encourage him that God is near, God hasn't left him, God is walking him through. Amen? You know, so, so amen, praise God. So, responding with faith, with faith, not fear. If fear would have gotten the best of her, oh, she would have missed out on being a part of just a really, really cool miracle that God wanted to do. So, hey, as as we start to wind down, as we wrap this up this evening, um, could we set our expectors here tonight to say, Lord, I want to dare to believe you for divine interruptions in my life. Maybe we can even take a moment just to pause and ask God, so is there anything going on right now? It's you knocking. It's you intervening in my life. So let's do that. Let's just, let's just, 
you know, it was interesting. I, I was um, reading in this book talking about some of the, the ways the body of Christ has used to grow at, in, in discipleship, literally over the ages. You know, the ancient saints. You know, one of the things that the body of Christ has gotten away from in our modern era, uh, silence and solitude. And, and one of the things that God's got on my heart as we pursue Him in these days and weeks and months ahead is for it to not be awkward in those moments where we just wait on Him. And, and I would even encourage us to ask ourselves, do we have silent time, quiet time with the Lord? Solitude where it's just us and Him, and then time where there's just nothing else going on. And just, just letting in that, in that silence, letting God speak. You know, so, so let's, uh, let's stretch ourselves a little bit here tonight, okay? Just for a minute or two. Let's just wait quietly. I, I, my, my reaction, because there's such an anointing on Pastor James when he plays the keyboard, my reaction would want to be, Pastor James, come up and play. But, but I think for us tonight, just as a, a little bit of an exercise, uh, just in, in this moment as we wrap up here, uh, let's see how we do in the quiet. Amen? So let's just wait on him. And, and so the, uh, the prayer focus, the prayer direction is, uh, Lord, is there any place where you are divinely interrupting right now that I need to get my hands around, my heart around? And then it's also, Lord, I want to be wide open for any way you want to bring interruption. So let's just wait on him just a couple minutes.
bless you, Lord. That's pretty sweet, huh? Bless you, Lord. It might be that, our, that some are accustomed to that, and you know, but I, I know there's so much in our culture that really just tries to pull us away from that, right? So, so I pray that the Lord spoke to hearts, and may that be something that we continue as we reflect, as we seek Him. So Lord, as we close this service here tonight, God, we love you so much, and we worship you with all of our hearts. And it really is our desire to live life hearing your voice, knowing your will, being led by you in our day-to-day. And Lord, in this Christmas season where we celebrate the, the wonder of Christ being born. Mm. Walking on this earth, living sinlessly, and then bearing our sin and our punishment on the cross so that we could be restored back to you, so we could be forgiven. Lord, we see so much of your working with people in these moments of interruption. So many blessings in our modern day culture, modern day society and Western society and technology and all of that, so many blessings. And Lord, we also see so many hindrances, so many things that could get in the way. Praise you, Lord. No condemnation on whoever that is. We all got him. <laughs> Just that was an exclamation point on this prayer. <laughs> we all have it. Amen. So, God, we are asking, help us. Lord, not to be products of culture, but let us live with you in a way where we counter the culture. And let us live with you in a way we, where we are those that know our God, that walk close to our God, that, that hear your voice. Lord, I think back to in your word where you, you say that you'll, you'll lead us with your eyes, or that we would be so open and so aware and on the lookout for you in the day-to-day of life, that we would see just the leading of your eye just that nudge, that impression. So, Lord, we are asking, take us deeper in in our own walk with you. Help us get out of our own way for when just the way we live crowds out time with you and attention to you and heaven perspective, all these things that you cause us to live in and that you, you call us to live in and walk out. Just work in our lives. And, Lord, especially in this season, uh, where we're to be thinking about giving and thinking about your son and extending love and compassion to the world around us. May we be delivered from every and anything that even smells of rush and chaos. (laughs) So thank you, Lord. Thanks for being at work in our lives. Thanks for uh, bringing divine interruptions 
in our awesome journey with you. And we give you praise in all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.